đời sông núi anh em ta đáp đời sông núi quyết bảo vệ sang sang ta thể chết cho quê hương at host my radio it's on on every monday and every friday and host my radio welcome to the show thank you Welcome to this week's episode of Team Cat Home, my radio today. Happy Monday, and also happy October. Hope you guys are having a great month of October. So, there's a lot of things, there's going to be talking, we're going to be talking about the National Day, basic pictures and all that stuff, including the flag raising at Polytechnic. And also going to be, right now, we're going to be reading about Jimmy Lai, which we haven't got a chance to read on Friday, which we'll be reading now. And we're also going to talk about the LGBTQ, uh, Russia as well, I guess it's one of the UN kind of thing. And also, there's plenty of more I'm going to be talking about. So let's get let's get right into it. So, Hong Kong media tycoon Jimmy Lai appeals against failed bid to block police from searching his phones. Hong Kong media tycoon Jimmy Lai has filed an appeal against a court's decision to uphold a national security search warrant on his phones, which says he contains protected journalistic materials. <laughs> the appeal was heard by Judge Jeremy Poon, Susan Kwan, and Carol Chu at the High Court on Wednesday. Lai, 74 years old, who is currently reprimanded and, reprimanded and custody, did not appear in court. The National Security Police confiscated two phones from Lai's home on August 10, 2020. On the same day, over 100 police officers raided the headquarters at, of Apple Daily, the Protomoxy newspaper founded by Jimmy, by Lai and Chin Kwan Lai was told by the Department of Justice in July that the police have obtained new search warrants under the under the National Security Law to look into into the content of his two phones and their copies. He filed a judicial review against the warrant granted by Principal Magistrate Peel Law, which was rejected by High Court Judge Wilson Chen in August. Under the implementation rules of the National Security Law, a search warrant may be granted by the magistrate if they believe there is a reasonable ground for suspecting that any <laughs> specified evidence to be found. Lai's team disputed the definition of specific evidence and said that it should not be interpreted to include journalistic material, which will usually protect it from police search and seize operation. The Appadatis founder the legal team previously relied on the interpretation and general clause ordinance, which states that unless other specified, warrants should be, up, be con- tr- construed as allowing for materials that are or are suspected to be journalistic materials to be searched and seized. <sighs> Senior counsel Robert Pang, representing Lai, argued on Wednesday that while the team was not advocating the invitation rules must follow the IGCO, there should be similar protections given to journalistic materials. Lai has identified thousands of items on the, on the two phones as journalistic materials. However, the Commissioner of Police had disputed claims that more than 8,000 of those items were legally privileged. The High Court is expected to hand down a ruling on those disputes on Friday, Senior Counsel Jenkins Singh, who represented the police, said on Wednesday. <laughs> 
Following submission from Pang and Singh, Poon said that the court should be handed down a ruling by the end of October. Lai, who's been reprimanded in, in custody since 20, December 2020 and sentenced to 20 months in jail over protest-related cases, will stand trial in December. I wonder how long they're going to be stuck there ever. He faces four charges, two counts of conspiracy to collude with foreign countries or external elements, one count of collusion with foreign forces, and one count of conspiracy to print, publish, sell, offer for sale, distribute, display, and or reproduce seditious publications. Six other former staff members of Apple Daily and Next Digital are set to plead guilty in the case. And I feel like it's this is starting to go from bad to something even more worse. <laughs> so I expected something to happen in the worst bit ever. And and we're gonna be reporting. We already talked. We talked about the mill mill already. So why not talk more about it? Hong Kong's recycling mill mill will collect cartons until the last moments after lease extended for six months. <laughs> Hong Kong's only drink carton recycler will continue to collect cartons and other plastic-coated paper products until the last moment, its co-founder has said, after its lease was supposed to expire at the end of the year, which is extended by six months. The government-backed Hong Kong Science and Technology Parts Corporations published a statement on Thursday night announcing that after a series of active discussion with the, with the Environment and Ecology, Ecology Bureau, it would offer a six-month grace period to its tenant, to its tenant secure information disposable service limited, the parent company of the recycling plant Mill Mill, ending ending June 30th, 2023, the the year when the the month when the national security law was introduced, (laughs) was implemented in Hong Kong specifically. This grace period is on top of its current Year extension, year long extension ending on December 31st, 2022. The statement read The landlord also reiterated that it had offered rental relief exceeding $1 million, $1 million to Mill Mill during the pandemic. <laughs> Soon after the Hong Kong STP released the statement, the Environmental Protection Department issued a statement saying it had long. It had, it has long been encouraging the recycling of waste paper and beverage cartons. However, Mill Mill's co-founder Harold Yip said on a radio program on Friday morning that the lease extension was no different to a previous offer extended by the Hong Kong STP. I don't see sincere in their move at all, the co-founder said. Neither do I. In a Facebook post on Thursday night, Mill Mill claimed to have found about a about the six-month extension, extension from reporters. Speaking on the radio, Yip claims that the Hong Kong STP had initially suggested a six-month grace period when it would not renew Milmo's lease. The landlord later changed the grace period to three months, Yip said. Then extended again to six months on Thursday, calling it a final offer. Regarding the $1 million rental relief, Yip said he did not understand why the Hong Kong STP described it as an exclusive privilege for Mill Mill. All government property owners were required to offer rental subsidies to a tenant during the COVID-19. It was not just us that was subsidized, was subsidized Yip said. Chi Ching Wan, Secretary for Environment and Ecology, said on a RTHK radio program on Friday, 
Dayton's joined Hong Kong's SCP's difficulties while hoping Mill Mill could, conti could continue to serve Hong Kong. Chen said he had received postcards from Mill Mill's support made out of drink cartons and would continue to look for a suitable land for recycling pipes to relocate to. However, he added that Mill Mill was too small to handle all drink cartons used in Hong Kong and that the Environment and Ecology Bureau had already tendered a larger paper pulp mill which will begin operation in the Eco Park in 2025. The Bureau was preparing to cooperate with other contract, contract recyclers if Mill Mill ceased operations, Tia said. Any regular paper product plants can recycle can recycle cartons too, if additional machinery is installed, Tid said, adding that the installation would only take a few months. Oh really? In response to Tid's comment, Yip said Mill Mill took nine months to build its recycling mill, and he believed that it was only it was the only plant recycling plastic coated uh, plastic coated um, drink cartons in Hong Kong. And they said they could build a recycling mill in just a month. I can only express my admiration. I really don't know how, Yip said. <laughs> Milmos would continue collecting cartons until the last moments. After previously announcing that the plant would stop receiving cartons on October 1st, when it was still thought that Milmos would vacate its premises on December 31st. Milmos announced last, last week that it faced closure after the Hong Kong SCP did not renew its lease at the Yunlong Industrial Estate. Yip said the lease had been altered to facilitate reindustrialization projects such as the development of the microelectronics. The recycling facilities could not be forced to could be forced to close or relocate by the end of the year. Albert Wong, CEO of Hong Kong's STP, told the press on Tuesday that it had been working hard to help Milmo's parent firm to from the beginning, and that they had made it clear to the recycling firm that the initial that the initial lease was set to expire in three years. Meanwhile, Yip denied Hong Kong's STP's claim that both parties had only agreed on a short-term lease in 2018. If the agreement was only three years all along. We were not invested $10 million in, in the first place, Yip said, in the reference to a factory startup cost. <sighs> With the city's landfill, landfill's nearing capacity, the government has, has set a target to gradually reduce the per capita municipal solid waste by 40 to 45% and raise the recovery cost to around 55% by encouraging recycling and charging for disposal. You think that's going to work? I don't know. It's up to these. It's up to these. You know, cycles to even even do anything about it. What can we say about China? They always have to trust about the Russian Putin's regime. China's abstains and UN Security Council vote on Russia's annexations of Ukraine. Russia on Friday vetoed a Western bid at the UN Security Council to condemn its annexation of Ukrainian territory, but found no support. With China and India abstaining. I want to know why. <laughs> Russian veto was certainly but was a certainty, but Western powers hope to show Moscow's isolations in this war in this war and will not not take the condemnation effort to the General Assembly where every vote has 
where every nation has a vote and none was and none can kill a resolution. The United States pushed through the draft Security Council resolution hours after Russian Russian President Vladimir Putin announced that Moscow has taken over four areas of Ukraine which which held Kremlin organized referendum on land seized by Russian militaries. This is exactly what the U- the Security Council was made to do. Defend sovereignty, protecting territorial integrity, promote peace and security. The U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations, Linda Thomas-Greenfield, said at the start of the meeting. The United States, the United Nations was built on an idea that would, that never again would one country be allowed to take another, another territories by force, he said. They are promising a general assembly vote. Of course, Russia and ba- Russia and ba- Ambassador Vasily Nabinzia complained that it was an unprecedented to seek condemnation of one of the five veto-welding permanent members of the Security Council. <laughs> Do you seriously expect Russia to consider or support such a draft? And if not, then it turns out that that you are intentionally pushing us to to use the right of the veto in order to then wax lyrical about Russia abusing its abusing this rights. Nabenzia said. The resolution co-sponsored by the United States and Albania would have condemned the illegal referendum held in Russian-occupied parts of Ukraine and called on our states not to recognize any changes to Ukraine's borders. It, was, it, would, it also would have called on Russia to withdraw troops immediately from Ukraine ending an invasion launch on February 24th. Putin shortly before the invasion visited Beijing and agreed to a closer relationship. But China stopped short of robustly supporting Russia. <laughs> With US officials saying Beijing has refused requests to supply weapons. I don't know if that's gonna be difficult to answer. I don't know if that's gonna be difficult to believe. The sovereignty integrity and territorial integrity of all countries should be safeguarded, said Chinese Ambassador Zhang Jun. China calls on all parties concerned to exercise restraints, refrain from actions that actually exuberate, exuberate tensions and and leave space for a solution through diplomatic negotiations. <laughs> India, Brazil, and Gabon also abstain. India has has a historic defense ties with Russia despite a warming relationship with the United States, which are primarily leaned on New Delhi on New Delhi to support the resolution. Escalations of rhetoric or tension is in no one's interest, said India's envoy Ruchira Kambor. Amongst the most normal affirmative votes were Mexico, which had put forward a peace proposal, and the United Arab Emirates, or UAE, which has hesitated on US-led sanctions on Russia. Britain's envoy Barbara Wood, uh, Woodward said the, United, the Security Council vote shows that Putin's annexation is a fantasy that holds no legal effect. Not a single mem- mem- other members of this council recognize Russia's illegal attempt illegal annexation of Ukrainian territory. Russian veto doesn't change that fact, she said. This is the largest forcible annexation of territory since the Second World War. There is no middle ground on this. Of course there ain't. Immediately after the vote, the veto, the Security Council went into a session requested by Russia on gas leaks in the Nordstrom pipeline that connect Russia to Europe under the Baltic Sea. 
The Benzia, the Russian envoy, spoke of NATO's exercise and helicopters movement in the area and quote U.S. President Joe Biden's statement in February that there will be no Nord Stream, Nord Stream 2, a reference of the U.S. pressure on Germ- Germany to scrap the project if Russia, if Russia invades Ukraine. <laughs> you can't deny the words of your own president, Nebensia said, denouncing international terrorism for gas leaks. Richard Mills, the U.S. Deputy Representative, accused Russia of calling the meeting to foster conspiracy theories. Russia seeks to distract us from addressing the main issue at hand, which is continuing aggression against Ukraine and the destructions of civilian infrastructures on Ukrainian sovereign, sovereign territory, most said. I'm hoping the Russian Putin regime can collapse within a year, a month, I don't care how long, hopefully they're gone. I'm serious. I want them to be gone forever. The October 1st, we heard about it, alright, so we're not gonna, there's already pictures and other stuff like that, so we're not gonna talk about some of those things, but we will, there's plenty of actually, <laughs> that we're gonna be talking about. So, there's actually more actually. Hong Kong's officials, students attend flag raising ceremony at Paul Yu to mark China's National Day. Brainwash Day, isn't that great? Yay! <laughs> Hong Kong's officials attended a flag raising ceremony at the Hong Kong Polytechnic University on Saturday morning to mark China's National Day. Amongst those in attendance was the city security chief, Chris Tung. Tung was joined by Secretary for Home and, the, and Youth Affairs, Alice Mack, and Secretary for Culture, Sports, and Tourism, Kevin Yung, to celebrate the 73rd anniversary of the founding of the People's Republic of China on the campus, which was the site of the intense clash between pro-democracy protesters and police during the anti-extradition unrest in 2019. Protests, as we all know. Wearing maroon face masks given out by universities, attendees, by universities, the attendees, which included university students and staff, stood to attention as the national anthem played and members of the uniform, of a uniform group raised the China and Hong Kong flags. <laughs> the building that was, that was used to house Poly Youth Student Union, which has its ties with, with the university seven April, stood in the background. The university ordered a 28-year-old student union to cease using the university name and resources and to vacate campus premises, citing a need to safeguard the institution's reputation. Some students and staff and their family members stayed behind after the ceremony to take photos with the flags. The University of Hong Kong, Chinese University of Hong Kong, and Hong Kong's Baptist University also organized flag-raising ceremonies to celebrate the occasion. <laughs> to mark China's National Day, a public holiday in Hong Kong, the, street, the city streets and footbridges had been decked out with Chinese, Chinese and Hong Kong flags and celebratory slogans to hail the anniversary. <laughs> that thing makes me want to puke. After attending the flag-raising at the university, you posted on Facebook to say the ceremony was dignified and filled with national pride. I have no, I have no love for the Communist Party. Under the leadership of the, of the central government, China has progressed leaps and bounds. The power of a country in this international sway and is increasing, increasing nonstop. The official wrote, with support and care of the of the motherland, 
Hong Kong will continue to make use, make full use of the advantages of one country, two systems, and contribute to the great rejuvenation of the Chinese nation. I don't believe he said that, actually. Earlier that morning, a flag-raising ceremony was held at the Golden Banya Square in Wantai, followed by a reception attended by the city's top officials. The Vincent the Vinici was heavily guarded with counter-terrorism police and armored vehicles on standby, like if, like if there's like a shootout going on, which that's, I found out to be ridiculous. A representative of the police used media relations team told Hong Kong Free Press that over a thousand attendees were at the ceremony. Hong Kong's Free Press observed that most of the students present were Mandarin speakers. You tell those, those on Cantonese speaker. A first year Poli youth student who asked to be identified as Mars said he came to the event on his own court. After all, I'm from the mainland. We want to attend ceremonies like this on National Day, he told Hong Kong Free Press. A student who asked to be identified as C and was on was on campus that morning told Hong Kong Free Press that he thought the ceremony was relatively similar to the previous ones. I guess the officials and attending are higher ups, he said. Locals won't come to ceremonies like this, C continued. No Hong Kongers who did not give who did not get a name told Hong Kong Free Press that he believed believe Hong Kong students are not as enthusiastic about the flag raising ceremony as those from mainland China. You could see how the mainland students are were singing along the na- the nation's anthem just now, he said. Pro-democracy groups have traditionally seen the transaction as an occasion for protesting for protests and voicing their political demands. Such scenes, however, have been muted under the national security law and the COVID-19, COVID-19 group gathering restrictions. <laughs> One of Hong Kong's last active pro-democracy parties, the League of Social Democrats, or LSD, says some members received phone calls from, Nash- from the National Security Police earlier this week asking if they, if they have plans to hold activities on National Day. Chan Po Ying, chairperson of the LSD, told Hong Kong Free Press that members have decided to lay low this year, citing fears of being arrested under an ambiguous law. This law is very vague, and it's always been vague since the beginning anyway. So for me, I'm, I'm already, I expected this is going to happen anyway. Because <laughs> when, when we said it happened, it happened. <laughs> we know it's going to happen. And pictures, continuing on, of course, Hong Kong marks China's National Day as counter-terrorism police and new armored vehicles deploy. They gotta be extra, come on. Hong Kong kicked off its celebrations for the 73rd anniversary of the People's Republic of China on Saturday morning as police deployed three special forces including counter-terrorism unit and anti-riot armored vehicles to guard the official flag-raising ceremony and receptions. Chief Executive John Lee Former Hong Kong leader and high-ranking officials were amongst more than hundreds of people who donned dark red masks on a cloudy, windy morning to watch the phrasing of the Chinese and Hong Kong flags to mark China's National Day on October 1st. Li, who, who assumed office in July, was flanked by former Chief, Execu- Chief Executive Lun Chunying on his right. Li's predecessor, Carrie Lam, was was separated from the current leader by five people, including Chief, Just- Chief Justice Andrew Chung and former Hong Kong leader Donald Zhang. 85-year-old Tong Chi Hua, who served as the city's first chief executive, was absent from the ceremony for the second consecutive year. 
Traditionally, the ceremony was attended by all Hong Kong former leaders, including Donald Jung, which I found out to be surprising. Police officers marched in Chinese goose steps while helicopter foods over while helicopters flew over the Golden Bonnie of Square, displaying the national and Hong Kong flags during the ceremony. Four vessels also sailed through Victoria Harbor to mark the occasion. No public viewing was held owing to the COVID-19 concerns, as police cordoned off the area and permitted special traffic arrangement. Around 7,000 to 8,000 officers were stationed across the city. A local media reported earlier this week, citing sources, Respond to an earlier inquiry from Hong Kong Press, police did not say how many officers would be deployed on Saturday. At a reception held in, Hong- in the Hong Kong Convention and Exhibition Center, shortly after the flag-raising ceremony, Lee hailed China as a reaching a new stage this, this year with its economic and technological ev- achievements. He pointed to the country's manned space engineering, saying, Hong Kongers as Chinese peoples were very proud. Um, Hong Kong is Hong Konger, Chinese is Chinese, what's, what, I don't care if, here's the thing, yes, they belong to China, but thing is, Hong Kong is Hong Kong, mainland China, mainland China. Different identity. They're not, they're one country, different identity, that's it. Simple enough. The chief executive referred to the speech delivered by Chinese leader Xi Jinping on July 1st when Hong Kong marked 25th, anniver- 25th years since his return to Chinese rule. Li said the expectations outlined by Xi will be the blueprint for him and his administration to govern the city. Over the past two years, the central authorities uh, promulgated the, and implemented the Hong Kong National Security Law, improved the, the SAR's electoral systems, Implement the Patriot Patriot administering Hong Kong principle, turn Hong Kong from chaos to governance, Lee said in Cantonese. Too bad this idiot didn't say man, didn't say anything in Mandarin. <laughs> I'll laugh if he said that. The preparations work for his first policy address, scheduled to be announced on October nineteenth, has entered its final stage. He had and while there were challenges ahead, Lee said Lee said he and his team would not forget their original intentions to seek happiness for residents and seek development for Hong Kong. Let us wish our country continued success and vibrancy and the pearl of Orient, of, Orient, of the Orient continued gleam and contribution to the realizations of national rejuvenation, uh, rejuvenation he said. Massive ceremony at the receptions reminded the guests to keep their mask on, practice social distancing, and refrain from eating and drinking at the venue in the light of the pandemic. They greeted uh, guests around the hall with fist bumps as crowds surrounded him and his wife Janet for photos and selfies. If you can look at the picture, they're all over the place. They're cramped in! So saying practice social distancing, shut up, it's like almost like people cramped it together. In social media posts published on Friday at Friday evening, police said officers from the Counter Terrorism Response Unit, Airport Security Unit, and Railway Response Team will conduct a high-profile patrol near the Golden Golden Bonnie Square and Hong Kong's Conventions and Exhibition Center, where the flag-raising ceremony and celebration receptions for the National Security for National Day took place. The force said it. It is a new anti anti riot saber tooth tiger armor vehicle 
manufactured in mainland China and put into operations in the cities in June would be deployed in the area where the celebration would be held. The force post images of at least one armored vehicle, but we're not disclosed how many has been stationed on the ground. According to the post, small-scale crowd control management vehicles such as water cannons were on standby to ensure the ceremony ran safely. Do I care? There's no reason to be put there. Prior to the COVID-19 pandemic and the enactment of the national security law in 2020, Hong Kong often saw rallies and demonstrations on October 1st. However, this year's celebrations have thus far been free from protests as the League of Social Democrat LSD, one of the city's last active pro-democracy groups, said they have no plans to organize the activities on National Day. The, the LSD told Hong Kong Free Press, on Wednesday that they have been in con they have been contacted by the National Security Department of the police, which asked about their plans for the sensitive date. The protest group has staged demonstrations on October first in the previous year. Last year they marched briefly with a banner calling for a release of people described as political prisoners, including forty seven well known Hong Kong politicians and activists facing a subversion charge. I wonder why they're doing this anyway. It's like it's like they're doing it just so they can make fun of themselves. <laughs> no, really, they, they they just look like. Um, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All right, they, the 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 comments comments just just they just look absolutely ridiculous as they always would. And to be honest with you, they should just stop. All right. If you're saying celebration, there's protest. Protest against Beijing's policies on Hong Kong. Tibet and Xinjiang stage worldwide on China's National Day. Activist groups across the globe have protested against the human rights treatment and in, in China's on the on chi, uh, treatment in China on the 73rd anniversary of the founding of the country, at least founding of the People's Republic of China after overthrowing the nationalist ruling Nationalist Party. Protests were held in several cities across Britain over the weekend, with increasing numbers of Hong Kongers moving to the UK after the country launched a visa scheme offering BNO, British National Overseas Passport Holders, and their families a path to citizenship. Crowds were sparked in the states, including London and Liverpool, on Saturday and Sunday in protest. According to a video posted by journalist Jasmine Lund, hundreds gathering, gathering at Piccadilly a Piccadilly Circus in London's West End. People were seen waving flags, including the Tibetan flag, the unofficial flag of the East Turkestan. Some others contained the Hong Kong protest slogan, Liberate Hong Kong Revolution Over Time. The coin was was coined by act, activist Edward Lung in 2016, was popularized during the 2019 protest. The phrase has been has since been outlawed following the implementation of the national security law, with the court ruling that it's capable of assigning others to commit secession in this state's first national security trial. China has been also condemned internationally over its human rights violations in in Xinjiang, East Turkestan, against the Uyghurs and the predominantly Muslim minorities. A UN and United Nations report released in August saying that. Serious human rights violations have been committed in the regions of Northeast China. Protesters in London also gathered outside the Chinese embassy. Some were filmed shouting slogans including shame, 
shame, China shame. I forget the Chinese government should be shameful. Rallies were also held across the across the U.S. on China National Day. Alex Chow, the for, former Hong Kong's Federation of Students Secretary General, Secretary General, appeared at the protest in Washington D.C. on Saturday. The protest on October first. National Day of the People's Republic of China means unfortunately the occupied territories have not yet returned or guaranteed autonomy and freedoms to the groups oppressed and threatened by the PRC government, Chow said on Twitter. Strong. The activist also said that he would try to persuade the U.S. corporations to cut ties with pro-Beijing firms. I don't think pro-Beijing would, I don't think these kind of companies would give a crap about it anyway. But I'm hoping the United States can open their eyes, for goodness sake, and cut ties with these stupid firms. They're pro-Beijing supporter. In Taiwan, the self-autonomous island over which Beijing had claimed sovereignty, protests were also held on Saturday. Henry Tong, who moved to Taiwan after he was acquitted of rioting along with his wife over the 2019 protests in Hong Kong, staged a march in Taipei. Participants marched while waving protest flags, and Tong was f- was filmed holding a Winnie the Pooh stuffed toy with a photo of Chinese leader Xi Jinping's photo face tape on it. On uh, a live stream of the protest posted on Tong's Facebook page shown the fictional character is censored in China after memes comparing Xi to Winnie the Pooh became a ve- became a vehicle for nonsense to mock the leader. The toy, which was placed in a miniature coffin with conscience written on the cover, was poked and stepped on once the group arrived at their destinations. In the stream, Tong explained, explained the aims of the rally, including boycotting red capitals, referring to businesses and money that come from mainland China, defending the sub-island against possible invasions by Beijing, liberating Hong Kong and eliminating the Chinese Communist Party. Protests were also planned in cities including Brisbane in Australia, Paris in France, Manchester, Leeds, Birmingham in the UK, New York and San Francisco in the United States, and Toronto and Vancouver in Canada. These people who does this kind of protest are the best people I've ever heard ever. They're so smart. I'm so happy that they're actually I'm I'm actually quite a, quite happy that they're actually um you know doing this actually. I guess we should start do two things for two, two things, and then we'll move on to the second half. <laughs> U.S., Australia, Japan vowed to counter China's increasingly aggressive behavior around the Asia Pacific. The defense ministers of the United States of the United States, Australia, and Japan agreed Saturday to boost military cooperation in the face of China's growing ambitions to shape the world around it. Washington is pressing a diplomatic offensive to counter to counter China, Chinese influ- influences across the Pacific, oh, the Asia Pacific. We are deeply concerned up, concerned by China's increasingly aggressive and bullying behavior in the China Strait and elsewhere in the region. U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin said as he welcomed his counterpart from Australia and Japan to the U.S. military headquarters for the Pacific region. In, Ta- in Hawaii, our interest lies in upholding the point of the global rules-based order, but we see that order under pressure in the Indo-Pacific, as well as China is seeking seeking to shape the world around it in a way that we never seen before," 
said Richard Morris, uh, the Australian Defense Minister. On Thursday, Washington announced a $810 aid package for the Pacific Islands nations where, where the U.S. plans to intensify its diplomatic presses. Vice President Kamala Harris traveled last week to Japan and South Korea and said the United States would act without fear or hesitation throughout Asia, including the Taiwan Strait. Beijing considers Taiwan to be part of China, and also claims that the thin and busy channels of the of waters that separates the two. Harris visited the demilitarized zone between the two Koreas. Her trip was designed to show Washington's commitment to defend to defending South Korea against North Korea. Austin also held a bilateral meeting with the Australian counterpart, focusing on a 2021 agreement between the United States, Australia, and Britain that would provide nuclear-powered submarines to Canberra. The Australian minister set delivery timelines and would be a major factor in Canberra's decision, due to, due to be announced early next year on which, on which suppliers to choose. It is critically, it is critically important, given the strategic situations we faced, that there is an evolution in submarine capabilities in Australia between now and when the first submarines arrive, Morris said. Nuclear-powered submarines are likely to give Australia the ability to operate more stealthy and armed with sophisticated cruise missile capabilities pose much more of a deterrent to Beijing. The choice of contractor will be significant economic impact and strategic implications closely enmeshing the Australian Navy with that of the chosen nation. I'm hoping that they can keep the promise that they will be they will stay where the the position is. And how about the LGBTQ community? How about the Taiwan News? How about a man who was acquitted, even though he was not acquitted last time? I'll explain more on a second hand. Welcome back. So let's read. So, what about the LGBT community in Hong Kong? We heard about them already, and the majority of younger Hong Kongers support LGBTQ plus equality, but discrimination is still common, survey finds. Most of the community today are still conservative, so. Hong Kong's age 18 to 40, almost as supportive of the LGBTQ plus equality, a recent survey has a recent survey has revealed. However, nearly half the respondents said they have experienced or learned of discriminatory acts against the LGBTQ community. Commissioned by the LGBTQ plus LGBT plus rights group Pink Alliance, the Hong Kong Public Opinion Research Institute interviewed 2,120 residents ages between 18 and 4 in August. The survey finding were released on Monday. 86% said they agreed that the LGBTQ plus people should be treated fairly and not be should not be discriminated against. Which is good. Okay, this is good. In addition, 63% said Hong Kong should implement the, the legislation to prohibit discrimination against the community, while around 75% said, said same-sex marriages should be allowed in the city. That sounds like a good number, actually. Swing Yutong, the founding director of the Chinese University of Hong Kong Sexualities Research Program, 
said in a statement on Monday that the study showed that Hong Kong Hong Kong's younger gender population is increasingly fought on fair treatment of the LGBT plus people in society unacceptable. Isn't that isn't that I feel like that's not a new thing because many people have always seen it as a bad thing to discriminate people based on sexual orientation. Strain said possible reason behind the trend could be increasing contact between the general public and the LG, LGBTQ plus community, as well as the rising media representation of the LGBTQ plus people in recent years. It's hard for me to say that without screwing up the thing, man. Nonetheless, almost half of the interviewees said they have experienced, witnessed, or heard about discriminatory behavior against the LGBTQ plus community. 90, nearly 60% of people of discriminatory acts reported by respondents were in forms of verbal abuse, as with 3% involving physical violence. Meanwhile, 39% said they thought their employers or institutions have not properly handled these cases of discrimination. The chief executive of the Pink Alliance, Jerome Yao, said in the same statement that the results were disturbing, and these discriminatory behaviors were totally unacceptable. We will double up our efforts to work with stakeholders in the government to combat and prevent such antisocial behavior, which is damaging to individuals and society at large, Yao said. You guys are, are the best. Now, I can't go to Hong Kong and support them because I live, live here in National Security Law Pass. I don't know if that's going to work now. So, how about Taiwan? Taiwan launches English language TV channel to boost international outreach, counter Beijing's narrative. Taiwan launched its first English language TV channel on Monday in a bid to boost its international outreach against an intensified pressure campaign by Beijing. However, Taiwan Plus will be only available on the island for now, limiting its international reach. The South Island lives under constant threat of an invasion by by China, which claims the, the island as part of its territory to be seized one day. Beijing's st- state-run media has increasingly has increasingly large global has a increasingly large global footprint, mostly through the CGTN television network and embraced on social media platforms like Twitter and YouTube that are banned domestically, which is kind of funny because it's already banned in China. What's the point of them holding it anyway? Official says. Taiwan Plus, which started as an online streaming platform last year with government backing, will be used in a part to counter China's narrative. Overseeing the launch ceremony on Monday, President Tsai Ing-wen said the 24-hour channel will bring Taiwan into the international community as it seeks closer ties with countries that share our core values of freedom and democracy. I'm sure this new this new TV channel will, hope, will help bolster our international outreach, she said. China has ramped up diplomatic and military pressure on China in recent years. It aims to keep the island's democracy isolated and has reacted with growing anger to visits by foreign politicians, most recently with a massive show of force to protest U.S. US House Speaker Nancy Pelosi tripped in August. We have an evil neighbor that constantly threatens us with the use of force, but we are not intimidated and life goes on normally. Premier Xu Jinchang told reports at the launch. Freedom, democracy, and human rights 
have progressed have progressed substantially. Many friends in the world want to know how Taiwan has managed has managed that, and Taiwan's willing to let the world know. He added, "Culture Minister Lee Lee Yum Ti had said the government hoped Taiwan Plus will be available in the United States six months." I'm actually hoping. I'm actually hoping that it happens, cause we want to know what's going on with Taiwan to sh- to counter this Beijing lackey narrative kind of thing. Because it's it's still going on, and many people, many people are still catching up to their propaganda purposes, and it looks like they're about to either win or about to crack under pressure. I'm hoping these commies will take will crack under pressure. And I guess we should say two final news. Two final news. Hong Kong's Education Bureau looking into suspected child abuse at Daipo Special Needs School. Okay, what did child? What did a child do to you that you had to beat them severely? Hong Kong Education Bureau has said it is looking into cases of suspected child abuses at a needs at a special needs school. And Taipei following reports of t- of children being physically mistreated by staff. The bureau said on Sunday that it has received a number of complaints about the maladministra- maladministrations and inappropriate acts towards students at the Hongqi Pine Hill Number no. Two School. Local media report. The follow up on the complaint and it has also instructed the school to submit an investigative report to the authority. Allegations of child abuse at the school, which date back to 2014, were first reported by Oriental Daily on Sunday. And re- most recent and most recent cases of alleged abuse, newspaper reported that staff were said to have tied a a student's wrist for a lo- for as long as two hours in May, causing redness and bruising. There was allegations involving a child child whose head was covered with a jacket for at least. 10 minutes by a senior teacher and teaching assistants. The child has been has been throwing a tantrum separately in 2018. Two teachers pr- pressed a bib into into a student's face after they tried to leave their seat. Oriental Day report. Oriental Day also reported that there has been a COVID-19 outbreak at the school recently and around 10 students have caught the virus. Some some were sent to the hospital for isolation, but the school, who has who also has boarding facilities, did not inform parents of their children' whereabouts. The paper read. The paper said, in an article on Monday, the paper said it had received a short received short video clips from readers showing the apparent physical abuse. The clips appeared to show a child being pressed on a, onto a table by two staff members. As well as staff members covering a child's head with a jacket and pulling their hands, students can be heard crying and wailing in the footage. Oriental Daily report: The school is operated by Hong, is operated by the Hong Chi Association, an NGO supporting people with intellectual disabilities. In response to Hong Kong Free Press, police said I received a report in August from a 44-year-old woman about suspected abuse at the Dai Paul School. The reports involved the inappropriate treatment of their of her son and three other students ages fifteen to twenty two. No arrest has been made so far. I don't know why. The police North District Regional Crime Unit is investigating the case. 
According to Hong Chi's Pine Hill School number two school website, the school strives up to offer high high quality education and training opportunities for intellectually disabled people and their families. Founded in 1979, the school caters to primary and secondary students and counts nurse, nurses, social workers, um, psychotherapists, um, socio, occupational therapists, and speech therapists among the staff. Hong Kong Free Press had reached out to the Education Bureau and the Hong Chi Association for for comments. New support of suspected abuse at the Diapol School came came comes days after a fourth member of of staff at the children's residential home in Mong Kok was sentenced to prison. Four years long, 20, 25 years old, was handed a jail term of almost eight and a half months. She earlier pled guilty to assaulting and abusing eight toddlers and kids. To date, thirty-four staffers at the at the home run by Hong Kong Society for Protections of Children have been arrested and charged with child abuse. Separately, two staff members who work at a at a child care home run by a charity organization, Paul and Coop, were arrested last week. The suspected abuse at the Causeway Bay residential home came to light during an inspe- inspection by the social welfare department in September, when officials found that a two-year-old in the baby sections were repeatedly pushed onto a mat, play mat by an employee. The department then reviewed security camera footage, which showed five more children ages 1 to 5 being treated. Two women ages between ages 28 and 33 who were arrested have been released on bail. Lawmaker Tik Ying, who represents the social welfare sector, said the suspected abuse cases were not an isolated incident. They cannot be blamed on a specific work and appropriate behavior, he told reporters on Thursday. We believe there is some deep root problems to do with the management culture at ch- at the children at children's home, manpower resource manpower resources, training opportunities, promotion promotion opportunities, and more. You know what? Here's the thing. What is these guys' problem with kids? Now, literally, I'm I'm being serious. What is their problem? They need to get an anger management class. Hong Kong men acquitted of playing protest songs on Erhu. In public without permit. Oh come on! They acquitted him last. They didn't. They ended up withdrawing that acquittal on him last time, and now they saying he's not guilty anymore. And now they they acquitted him now. They're gonna reverse the same thing over and over again, which is ridiculous. An elderly man has been er, has been acquitted of playing, of playing a 2019 protest song on a traditional Chinese instrument in public without a police permit. After a deputy magistrate ruled that the prosecution failed to prove that the defendants had caused obstructions or nuance, Li Jiaxing, who re- who stood accused of playing an erhu at the Tung at the Tung Chung's town center bus terminus on on April 29th without a per- without a police permit, was found not guilty by deputy magistrate Felix Tom at the West Kowloon Magistrate's Court on Monday. The 68-year-old retiree was said to have performed Glory to Hong Kong, the unofficial anthem of the 2019 anti-extradition bill for unrest, before he was approached by police officers. When handing down his verdict, Tom ruled that the that Lee's testimony was unre- unreliable, as the retiree was given conflict responses to whether he had used law speakers on, a, on the day. 
Well, the defense admitted that he did not have a police permit. That in itself did not constitute an offense, Tom said. The prosecution still had to prove whether Lee had any lawful authority to, or excuse to play the instrument in public, which overlapped on with whether the defense had caused obstructions or nuance. The deputy magistrate said, signing a prisoner case from the city's appeal court. A police officer mm, testified for, persecution, for the prosecution in August that Lee and his equipment took up some spaces on a pedestrian path at the terminus. Some people had stopped briefly to watch his performance. And said he could clearly hear Lee playing his Urhu his when standing around 20 meters away from the defendant. But the officer's testimony was not sufficient to prove that people were obstructed or disrupted by Lee, Tom said. The deputy magistrate cited examples of information that would back the prosecution's case, such as people covering their ears and or needing to take another away because the route has been blocked by the defendant. Persecutors did not post relevant questions to him, and they only asked Lee during, during cross-examination whether the cues in the birth terminus snaked, Tom said, before ruling that persecution was, had not proven their case beyond reasonable doubt. After he was acquitted, Lee told a porous outside the court that he was very happy. I'm happy for him too. Lee was initially cleared of the charge in August when Tom ruled that, that he had no case to answer, citing insufficient proof from the from the prosecution. But the retiree was brought on trial later after the deputy magistrate reversed his decision and said the negative advertisements of the charge meant that the burden of proof was on the defense, not the prosecution, to show whether a permit was obtained. According to Section 4-15 section 4, section 4 of the Summary, Ordin- Summary Offense Ordinance, any person who played, who without a lawful authority or excuse, played, excuse to place any musical instrument in a public streets or road safe under and in accordance with the conditions of a permit with the commissioner of police shall be liable to $2,000 fine or imprisonment up three years, up three months. Found to be ridiculous. Why are you doing this? I don't know what's going on. What's wrong with him playing? What's wrong with him playing his instruments? And I feel like there's nothing wrong with that. And I feel like all two people of China they need to wake up now to know that they there's a they need to be telling the truth now. Otherwise, you're gonna have people like the Communist Party is literally shoving your head to the ground, turning it into more of a Propaganda kind of state kind of thing. And thank you for tuning in, guys. If you guys enjoy this podcast, make sure you tune in every Monday and Friday for our podcast. And as you may know, the show, as you may know, I've been saying this already a couple times, so bear in mind. So bear with me, guys. My show for my radio show for um for Richland will be on hold for now on temporary terms until further notice. And every event that I'm going to, that I was supposed to be going to, is going to be on hold for currently. But, um, but it's on hold. It's not like it's going to be gone forever. And I'm hoping you guys will have me on a great October. Hopefully you guys are staying safe. And hopefully you guys are enjoying your October. Halloween's coming up. Hopefully you guys are getting your Halloween stuff. So, hopefully you guys can do that. And stay tuned, guys. And we'll talk more next time. This is Team Cow My Radio signing out. Have a nice day guys and hope you guys are having a great evening.
At host my radio. It's on on every Monday and every Friday. And host my radio. Welcome to the show. Thank you.